0: Hey, this is Emily Milburn, Caitlin Atkins from Neighbours, and you're listening to the Neighbourhood Rewatch.
1: So, welcome to the Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast.
2: The award-winning
1: Neighbourhood Rewatch
2: podcast. Do you think you'll ever start a podcast with a normal voice? No. You've just mate, it's, been talking like normal for half an hour, an hour, or longer, however long it's been. And then as soon as you hit that record button, you're like, welcome to welcome. the Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. The award-winning Neighbourhood Rewatch <laughs> No, I never will. I
1: never will. This is my podcast voice. Yeah. Uh, is my award-winning Where part. can you find us on Twitter? Because I really want to know. On tw- If you're on Twitter, you can find us at Watch Neighbour. If you're on Instagram, you can also find us at Watch Neighbour. If you're on TikTok, you can follow us at Watch Neighbour. I don't know anybody who's done all those three things, though, to be honest. Uh,
2: yeah. Probably most
1: people. I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like you do all three. You do maybe two out of the three at most.
2: I don't think our target audience are doing all three, put it that way. Yeah, true. Very
1: true. Oh, I fucking lost my drink. fucking hell. <laughs> solid start. It's a solid start. I
2: don't want There was no pressure there. Take a <laughs> no. breath for a second. Take a breath.
1: Yeah. Um, I've
2: got a fucking nervous laughter now. Just talk. It doesn't matter. It's not the first Leave. one you've done.
0: You're fine. What's up?
2: Leave. All of this in because fuck yeah, what's happened don't this week in this the in. neighbor's this is land? Fucking painful as fuck. Yeah, and what I will, what I will say that in a second when you get your breath back and you and you say right, let's start with some neighbors' news. Don't say that this week was the last day of filming because for the last fucking four or five podcasts, you've said, "Do you want some neighbors' news?" It's the last day of filming in four weeks, in three weeks, in two weeks, next week. We get it it's done now it's over fucking
1: it it hell is done. it is done it is over Friday the June the 10th
2: right stop stop what
0: are we cutting out here because you've just carried on that from what Tim was saying which which isn't going in any <laughs> of the podcast you've got to pick it up again <laughs> now from when you fucked it a minute ago
2: he <laughs> can edit it together he can
0: just this leave isn't it like making a saffron risotto five. Tim this takes fucking skill <laughs> leave it in leave it all in as is, fucking podcast. It. it's so bad, it's getting worse. <laughs> this is like when Zach Brath left Scrubs, it just went fucking shit.
1: <laughs> but the only thing that happened is that I stayed.
0: That's the problem. That's the, yeah, it is, it's the
1: opposite. I didn't leave, that is the problem. <laughs> uh, so. If you want to listen to our Patreon chats, uh, we've had a nice little Patreon chat before this actual podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash neighborhood where you watch for just one pound a month. It's fucking nothing. It's absolutely nothing. You can get early access to the extended version of this podcast. So <laughs> this is the season finale. Yeah, what a, what a season it's been. It nearly broke us. It very nearly broke Adam. <laughs> uh, Still fucking right. <laughs> It still might. It's still touch and go. This might be, this could be the season and whole show finale. Neighbours finished filming last week. We, this this could finish filming any second now. We've been watching episodes 3,743 and 44 on Daily Motion. Neighbours UK fans forever. Tim, do you want any Neighbours news? Not really. No. Oh, All right, we'll move
2: on then. I've already told you what the Neighbours news is.
1: <laughs> uh, do you want to hear about the ultimate Neighbours vote? I think I think we should tell you about this. Erin's dot com.
2: Ultimate neighbors. You told vote. us about the fucking neighbor neighbors ultimate vote for the past three weeks. What's the update? Uh, the update is just
1: vote Nick, Nick Atkins. That's the update. Keep voting Nick Atkins. Uh, Caitlin Atkins. Vote Bob. Bob Bob's a great pet. Uh, but yeah, vote Nick Atkins. <laughs> Let's get Jason Cruz up in that top hundred as far as we can. Uh, do we dream top ten? I think that's a bit. I feel like
2: this is a good movement. This we should get people behind this. Go on there, vote as many times as you actually physically can, like in the space of several weeks. Just constantly vote. Go for a drink, come back, vote more, and get him up there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Top twenty. I think top twenty is a good goal to aim for. Here, get him in the top twenty. Top one. Top one.
2: Worst thing that can happen is you fall a little bit short, but aim for top.
1: Right. So let's talk about this season finale uh we'll we'll wrap up the flick and joel storyline first off uh yeah fucking joel yeah flick and joel uh so flick she's convinced that they're getting a house together her and joel so she tries to mend the bridges with Joel. she's like listen you know i'm gonna go get a new house but we're still family i still love you all i'm just gonna be living in Shagging Joel now from from now on, uh, and Lynn's like, "Oh, that's so wonderful! I, you know, you've been so brave to come and tell us tell us this." Uh, and Joe Scully obviously has just fucking none of this at all. Um, yeah, he doesn't want. He's like, "No, I don't give a fuck. You've treated me like a mug. You can fuck right off." Um, which then presses toady later on to push Joel a bit more. He knows he's kind of. Joel's not 100% into this. I don't think he can, he can smell, he can smell it. So Tony gives Joel a good talking to later on. It's like, listen, you're uphe- you know, you're, you're causing a massive upheaval for this family. You're creating a lot of bother here. Are you sure it's worth it? Are you sure that you're 100% committed to doing all this? And Joel isn't because the next day Joel tells Flick, I don't, he says, "I don't love you as much as you love me," which is a fucking big statement.
0: It this what he said there made me think you would say something like that, though, like cause just in that kind of smug kind of way, just like <laughs> you. I don't love you as much as you love me because I'm fucking brilliant. That's what it came across like when Joel said it. I'm fucking a legend. Don't really like you. You are quite fit, but nah, I'm all right. Cheers.
2: I, I feel like if if you've done well as a man, then that's. That's just the reality of it anyway. What do you mean, Tim? (laughs) What do you mean? What? Do you mean, done well as a man? You're you're
0: punching there. You've done well. So yeah, it should kind of be a bit like that. Is that what you meant?
2: Yeah. Yeah. 100%.
1: Yeah. I do feel like, you know, you get that kind of uh, imposter syndrome. That's quite a common thing. If you get like promotions and jobs and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I've got Ooh, a little bit
0: something, here, Right, yes. <laughs> Tell us more about this, this imposter syndrome, and it occurs when you get promotions in jobs. Tell no, that's, me more that's more
1: one about example. It. That's one example of it. Oh, I you like know. it.
0: Where you go, what do you mean, though? What do you mean?
1: So you feel like you don't quite belong and that you're going to get found out at any moment. Uh, yeah, it's quite common in people who get jobs and get promotions and stuff as well. You've had a
0: few promotions. Do you would you say you have you have experienced this yourself?
1: I've been found, I've been found out multiple times.
0: Not necessarily found out, but in your head, you, you think that it's more yeah. that isn't it than being found out yourself?
1: Yeah, you know, it's yeah, you do doubt yourself. I'm I'm like I've <laughs> I've said this before, and I'll say it again I could not be an elite sportsman. Uh I know what you think with my physique, yeah, of course you could be. But I'm telling you right now, I couldn't be an elite sport. I, right. I would get in my own head too much. And Why have you up. gone for the most ridiculous, impossible,
0: <laughs> obvious
1: job? Why have you not gone for like
0: like one of your, like, I reckon in your head, you think you could be a professional chef now,
1: In like tomorrow. No, if but the I job don't. Up- but I don't because I know I'd get in my own head. And I'd have That's, a the That's the reason. The only crazy. reason you could not be a professional
0: chef right now is being in your own head. Not the fact that you've never had any cooking
2: training and have <laughs> no experience whatsoever. But you, you, you still reckon you could write a musical, though? Anybody who's just listening to this episode for the first time, uh, however many back he decided he could write a musical, didn't do any of it. Just lasted a few weeks where he was completely confident he could write a musical. Where, at what point did you like step into a room with Andrew Lloyd Webber and went, nah, I'm an imposter here. I need to leave. This <laughs> is the thing. Do you like? I would have, thought, like, in recent weeks, I
0: would have thought you were the exact opposite to the imposter syndrome. Like, where you think, oh, yeah, I could write a, mus- a musical. Or. Oh yeah, I'll I'll do this or oh yeah, oh yeah, I'll do that. And just blindly
1: think that yeah, it's probably gonna be fine. But I think that's a probably a byproduct of the fact that I know I probably couldn't. Like I, I've seen a lot of people in jobs just try and get through with just pure bluster. Uh and I'm sure you two have in in your in your careers as well. You've seen people just get by on pure bullshit and, and bluster. But uh, they can actually say do.
0: about seven o'clock, I think that yeah,
1: yeah, but they actually can't do the the meat and bones of the job, um uh, so yeah, I think it's probably a bit of that with me if I'm perfectly honest it's there's a lot of bluster, but then that's to cover up the the imposter syndrome and uh, the the self doubt
0: we are peeling the onion, <laughs> <laughs> look at this season finale. this is what people want you know like people I know who've listened to this have said what's wrong with him (laughs) and I feel like we might be getting almost to the the root of it here you're opening up this is nice this isn't oh yeah I could knock up a saffron risotto at three in the morning this is is a bit more real now
1: this is nice I would make a very good uh, patient for a psychiatrist I think
0: but then, just last week, I, you I, wanted to be the fucking psychiatrist. I
2: was going to say, like even, even then, though, no, he, he says that he's all bluster, but it, it's it's not. It's more than that. He, he believes it so much. Even the phrasing, he doesn't. He doesn't just whatever is is going on in his head. He doesn't just think, yeah, I could do with probably seeing a therapist. He says. I'd be a good patient for a therapist. Good spot. He's he's honestly he's two percent away from Donald Trump. All he needed <laughs> to say then was, "I'm the best patient. There's no better patient. There's never been a better patient than I would be."
0: Yeah, you could have said. I should probably see a therapist. That's what you could have said, and that's what you would, would, would have been the same thing. But well, that would have been like the way you would say, "Oh, maybe I could use a bit of that." You've gone. I would be the best patient for someone else.
2: It yeah, would it? You're would right. it, like, technically a, technically a best? The best patient is someone who comes in and the doctor goes, "Do this, you're fixed, go away."
1: And they What's still gone? charge them the full the full amount.
2: Or is the best
0: best patient that, that, that a therapist could have is someone who can never be cured
2: because you just keep paying him shit every week and wiping shit on the wall. And they, they're just they're so unique and fucked up in the head. That the doctor's publishing papers on them, yeah. getting rich. Yeah. And then when the, the sales of the book taper off, patient kills himself, doctor cashes in on the Netflix documentary. Ball keeps rolling.
1: Should we look to getting a psychiatrist on the show at some point? Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> I w- I would quite like that in a way. He could he could do a different one of us each week. Oshie, they could they could just kind of go through it and just see what our problems are because I think we've all got some sort of issues, some more than others.
2: Um... If we can't afford an actual therapist, we could contact an agony ant <laughs> and, get, and get them to do it go.
1: instead. That was a thing this season. Remember that? That really yeah. broke us. That really nearly oh
2: broke us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Neighbours, oh. uh, uh, anyway. Oh yeah, so
1: Joel has told Flick that uh, Flick obviously doesn't take this well at home. She moves straight back into the school. Here. She just kind of stomps back home and Joel's like, oh, you're back. He's like, yeah, Joel broke up with me and just slams in her room. Uh, I don't imagine we'll see her for a couple of weeks now. She'll just be kind of sulking a room. Uh, and then Joel's back at home with Toadie and, uh, Toadie's kind of kneeling him a little bit. And he's like, Oh, by the way, because I thought you were leaving, I've got someone else to replace you. Uh, by the way, it's D your ex-girlfriend. And he's like, Oh, fucking hell. Uh, so he leaves a little note for Toadie He's like, right. I'm off to Marl's wedding, uh, in London. I'll be back in a few weeks. See you later. Gun. Uh yeah, and there we go. And that's the Flick and Joel storyline wrapped up, done.
0: It was always going to go that way, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, poor Flick, really.
0: Nah. No,
2: no. Seven- simple- She'll Flick. be fine. She'll no. grow up and she's marry She's 17 billion, and her. she's
0: hot. It makes no difference to her day, any of this shit. <laughs> when, she came, when she was like, oh, I love you, blah, blah. It's like, you're fucking 17. Fuck off. Stop being a high school kid. And it was so obvious when she went home, she went stomping back home and then moaned because Michelle didn't have a gun in her bedroom. She had, she had some chickens. And, she, and Flick came home and went, there's fucking chickens all over my bed <laughs> And Joe Scully was like, what, what are you going to do? And that was the end of the storyline. It was pretty good, I thought, yeah. What is this weird sitcom shit? That's <laughs> what happened? Yeah, yeah what Michelle's got some chickens. Michelle found some chickens outside the fucking spa uh, and just brought <laughs> home a box
1: full of chickens and said, I'll keep them in my bedroom. Uh, so speaking of D, we'll move on to D and Tess. So they're living at number 32, which was uh, what? Phil, Phil, Phil might owned that house, even though we didn't live in it. Was it? It was Ruth's house, wasn't it? It was, was Ruth's it? house. There we go. Yeah, it's Ruth's house. There we go. Uh, so they want it's gone up for auction. So they want to buy it, so they turn up to the auction. And D's got the money for it, and she really, really wants it. And despite a bit, she she seems like she's outbided someone, but then just from behind, the serious bid has always come late on. Apparently, uh, yeah, and outbids D. Did you think it was weird that D and Tess were buying a house together? Well, they're best, they've been
0: bizarre mates for a while now. They? But yeah, and you'd you'd rent a house and you'd do that, but buy they were
1: buying the house. Just two pals. Yeah, I just think. Well, I think it was D buying the house. Oh, was it? I thought. Yeah, I involved. think it. Was, yeah, because D was the one who was was bidding. Uh, because famously, Tess has got no money because her ex husband fucking spunked it all and then died oh, and left her nothing. So Tess is broke as fuck. Uh, yeah. So D's the oh, one. right. Okay. One. So she's like, it. I like living here. Let's buy the house, and then I think it was going to be a situation where Tess pays the rent. But yeah, no, they've been outbid uh, by a gentleman uh, called Evan Hancock, who we very quickly find out is going to be the new science teacher at Aaronsborough High. Maths, is it maths? I thought it was yeah. maths and science. He says maths in the episode. Did he say maths? Well, no one says. he just, no just said. You just
2: said outbid. He
0: did. I, point
2: he, out. We ignored
0: it though, Tim. We we have to ignore <laughs> some of these.
2: Pick your battles. Outbid into word. It's just bid. All, all, of, all outbid. of my fans, outbid. outbid is one word and it is the word. And all of my fans would be disappointed if I didn't gram a Nazi right on your face. So I've got to do it sometimes.
1: Uh, I feel like outbid is a word.
2: That's you what can feel like it all you today. like, you but you're outbid. I'm no, sure
1: eBay tells you you're outbid.
2: No. Oh, you're outbid, idiot. Stick to Chinese, you dickhead. <laughs>
1: Uh so yeah, Evan Hancock is gonna be the new science slash math teacher. Math teacher. <laughs> well, physics involves maths. That's science. Fucking oh, this is weird. <laughs> oh man. Uh yeah, but so he when he goes to the pub to go tell his son who was the new bartender Matt that they bought a new Called house. Matt Hancock. Matt Hancock, yeah. Uh but Tess and D at the pub drowning the sorrows a little bit. So he offers to buy some champagne for them. And they're like, yeah. Well, actually, no, they're not like that. Darcy's like, yeah, I'll fucking have some champagne. Fucking send it over, cunt. Uh so yeah, he buys them some champagne and he's kind of building the bridge a little bit there. That he's already broke. Uh, which means D is pretty much forced to move in with Toadie and Joel at this point. Uh, she doesn't want it to do it first, but she's like, I've got no other fucking options, really. Tess uh, doesn't really have any options at this point. Do you want to know what happens to Tess and what?
0: Yeah, if you want.
1: Yeah, because we are wrapping up storylines. So I think
2: she did.
1: No, so she uh, ends up moving in with someone called Veronica Anderson. Uh, so she she finds a house house off Ramsey Street. Veronica or Ronnie? Ronnie ends up making moves on Drew Kirk while Libby is in London for Marl's wedding, uh, and she starts trying to make it look like she's having an affair with Drew. She leaves stuff in Drew's house, so Tess ends up having... Uh, Tess ends up moving in with Darcy, Dr. Darcy, uh, Susan's nephew, but then jilts him at the altar because Darcy's having an affair with Dee.
0: This isn't just what's happening in the next couple of episodes here, is it? You're fucking shut off here on a big one. Well, I love that.
1: A little bit, well, when we return to like we'll talk about the future of this podcast after if there is one' uh, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about after, but when we return we're, we're returning quite far away from this storyline, so I am yeah, I'm oh, sure uh that's kind of how the rest of that season pans out for Tess and D, and Tess, of course leaves Darcy at the altar that's a good effort from Dr. Darcy, that is a very good effort from Dr. Darcy, uh, indeed. He also at that at that point as well, he also tries to steal the uh, the surgery from under Carl's nose. Vaguely remember that he turns heel, doesn't he? And he yeah, he he's like to a devious Darcy. Yeah, he's major heel for a while. Because he's still kind of seeing his ex-wife as well. Uh know and what she's got the money. Yeah, she's got the money. And try they tried getting the uh, the surgery from under Carl's nose, but they, they figure out his evil plan, they stop it. Yeah, so that's that storyline. Uh Lou, let's talk about Lou. He's getting through his painkillers very, very quickly indeed. He gets back, he gets back into the office in the pub and he's like, Oh fuck, I need some painkillers. He's got fucking none left.
2: And he's fuming. We predicted this, didn't we?
1: Yeah, he's fuming about it. So he goes to Carl, he's like, and he he sells him some fucking bullshit story. Uh he's like, I dropped half of them and lost them all. And then the other half, and, and there's another half a bottle that got put in the wash. And Carl doesn't fucking believe this for a second. No, and Lou changes his story he's like oh I dropped him at home no no I actually I dropped him at work because he's like oh if you dropped him at home you need to fucking get him because Lolly will just fucking eat him because you know what she's fucking like and he's like oh no it wasn't at home it was at uh, work yeah so I don't worry about it it's fine the employees can pick those drugs up it's fine <laughs> they might work a bit harder so yeah he tries to get a script off him Carl's like no I think you're worried I think you've got a, an addiction uh, so Lou in typical I've not got an addiction. Fashion just fucking loses his shit and storms out, which which always proves you've not got an addiction. It's the best way. It's it's the best way to convince someone you've not got a problem is by getting really aggressive with them. So he and then this is the low point for Lou. This is a real low point for Lou. He goes to Harold's house, recently bereaved Harold, and he tries to get some drugs. Uh, I think I don't know. You might, I might be making this up and embellishing the story in my own head here. I might be, no, booking, I I might be booking like myself here, but I feel like he's after Madge's cancer drugs at this point. That,
0: well, it was, it was, it, I don't know as far as cancer drugs, but he wanted painkillers, which he obviously assumed Mad Madge would have because she'd been in some pain. Yeah. That was what I got from it as well. It was like you have probably okay. got some drugs around here, and Harold was like, well, I've got some like aspirins. They're pretty good." Like. And, and, and Lou says something like, well, have you got any of the good stuff? And Harold's like, well, no, this is about it, really.
1: And my wife's just died. <laughs> so. Well, I'm, cl- I'm, I'm glad it wasn't just me imagining that then. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so, yeah, that's a real low point for Lou. Uh, and I think that's probably the turning point. Because, yes, you've guessed it, Tim. This storyline is completing very quickly. Uh, so the next morning, they're going to Magic's funeral. Uh, Lou and Lolly are going with Carl in the car and Lou apologises to Carl for the way he was last night and Carl's like well yeah you were pretty out of order and Lou goes but don't worry I didn't have any pinkers last night I'm over it now I'm not taking them again
2: and that's it, <laughs> and that's it. he's off the though. drugs now
1: He's you off just, the drugs. Do you believe oh, it? No, because I scoured the internet to see how wet how this storyline went, and there's no mention of it from this point okay, at all. This I mean, this is
2: neighbours. That sounds like a pretty clean bit of closure.
1: Yeah. That's- so he went cold turkey for one night and <laughs> that's it. He's off the drugs now. He's fine. He's completely <laughs>
2: fine. I reckon um, it was less of an addiction and and more of just like he really liked him. I think that's all it was.
1: They just tasted really nice. They tasted like strawberries.
2: Yeah, he's been sprinkling them on, on his chocolate digested or something, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so just like that, it's it's
1: over. I'd love to, like, I don't know how cold turkey you went. I don't know if it ended up, like, kind of, like, train spotting where, like, there's a baby baby on the wall with its head rotating around and shit. It's
0: probably yeah. Lolly's head spinning round, and that probably, like, was enough for him. Yeah,
1: probably. Probably. I mean, that poor kid. I know. Well, do you want to know what happens to Lou? And then kind of so he goes like because straight from this painkiller storyline, he goes straight off that into uh, the Lou Allen storyline. Do you remember this one, Adam? No. So Lolly isn't isn't Lou's. Oh, it is another man's child uh, that Cheryl, his wife, his deceased wife, Cheryl, uh, was having an affair with. Uh, Oh, sorry, I said Lou Allen. I meant John Allen. Uh, So he gets a letter pretty much like a day or two after this episode's done with. He gets a letter from John Allen saying, I think I'm Lolly's father. Yeah, you should do a DNA test. I had an affair with your wife. Uh, He ignores it at first, but then eventually goes to Carl. Carl sorts him out with a DNA test. And yeah, John Allen is is Lolly's real father. Uh, And then comes a very bitter custody battle. Uh, which Lou loses as well. So, yeah, nice, nice bleak ending there for Lou. Uh, He loses his daughter.
2: You know what, (laughs) I I feel like the entire time that Lou had that kid, the writers hated it, which is why he kept doing just stupid, inconsiderate stuff, because Lou can't be Lou and have a child. Mm -hmm. He has to have a little bit of character arc where where his bullshit just smooths out and he's less entertaining. So they had to get rid of her at some point. They didn't want to kill her, as much as he tried many times to just leave (laughs) her walking across the road in front of traffic.
0: Also, obviously she's only like four or five years old or something, Lolly, in these episodes. But she's a fucking terrible actress. Like... (laughs) <laughs> she's so shit I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if you got to this like you've seen child stars and they get a bit better and they, and they move on and all that kind of. Stuff. The, the, this girl was awful like they had to get rid with maybe the chance of maybe bringing her back but a different actress playing the role yeah. further down the line because you could tell there was nothing there, she had to fucking go
1: so that's probably why she'd be binned her off as well I'm going to have a little look now, see what happens. Have a look in the future
0: to see if Lolly does ever come back and if it is indeed a
1: different actress playing the part. I would not be surprised. Oh, yeah, no, because they do bring her back way later in in the TV show. uh, And it's not the same actress at all. So, yeah, that that tells you everything you need to know, really, don't you? There you go.
2: What would bring her back, though, if her mum's dead and Lou's not her dad? Yeah. You've got no connection to the show.
1: Uh She comes back in 2007 uh, as a completely different actress, then comes back again in 2013 as a completely different actress. So they've hired a couple of fucking gods there, haven't
0: they? Who does she stay with? Just a random neighbour on the street? Because I'm guessing Lou wasn't there later on, too late on anyway. Yeah. So was what was she coming back for? Lou's, Lou's
2: run went pretty... Far, didn't
0: it? Yeah, he was there a long time, but I don't know if he was there like if he would have been there all the time, you know. you yeah. oh, go, that's, that's shit for Lou. I think Lou is quite good in the scenes at Madge's funeral, which I'm sure you're gonna talk about in a bit. I th- I thought it was I thought he was quite good. I felt quite bad for Lou in these episodes because he was he'd known her just as long as Harold and like she was they were good friends and all that kind of stuff. So I felt a bit bad for Lou in these episodes.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, as I said, we are, we are going to move on to the funeral. Uh, yeah, and Harold does a little speech and, you know, says you know, the first first boyfriend she ever had was Luke Carpenter, who was a star of the soccer team, I believe. Uh, so, yeah, starting the funeral. The funeral's kind of centred around Susan and the boys, really. Uh, a little bit of Harold thrown in as well. Uh, but Susan's thanking Tad for it because, of course, she's now off the hook for... Uh, laying out Jess, uh, and that's because of the you know what Tad said to Jess, convince her to write this letter and clear Susan, uh, and she kind of comforts the boys as well. Uh, she also, at this point, and I would like to add this to the funeral special. She has made a casserole for everyone for after the funeral, uh, so I just want to say that I would like a casserole for after the funeral as well. Your dad, you're not going to be there, but. If someone could make a casserole for me, that'd be great, not for me, Again, but just for my okay I your loved ones that I've left, yeah, for the loved ones I've left behind, a nice casserole might help them how ironic
0: how ironic would that be that you'll be dead, you want a casserole for your loved ones, but the only one who would probably be able to make a casserole <laughs> up, to, up to your <laughs> up to standards. yourself
1: I know they'd be how yeah, ironic it would be ironic, but then they don't get a wry smile from it, they'd be like, ah. Oh, this is nice, but not as dan- not as nice as as he would have made. Um, yeah, true. Yeah. And then they'll all laugh. Freeze frame. Freeze frame. Done. <laughs> uh, everyone will live happily ever after once I'm gone. <laughs> 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 it's uh, yeah, it'll be a happy storyline for them, and it'll be redemption for me as well, because uh, I'll be dead, <laughs> paid for all my crimes. <laughs> All your crimes, (laughs) crimes. I mean, not all, but not necessarily legal. Yeah, you know, sometimes just crimes. (laughs) (laughs) Not all of them. (laughs) Please, please don't look into my affairs. Uh,
0: (laughs) It's gonna be, it's gonna be like fucking Jimmy Savile, isn't it? Like it'll all come (laughs) out after you've gone. Oh, it'll be a new waitress coming forward every
1: week. (laughs)
0: So, yeah, Susan's made a
1: casserole. Uh, Tad wants to be strong for everyone. He's like, I'm not going to cry at the funeral. I need to be strong for everybody else, which is a nice little sentiment. So at the funeral, Nathan, the drug pusher, shows up. And Paul's like, what the fuck are you doing here? I don't want to do any drugs. He's like, ah, don't worry. I'm off the drugs now. Madge was nice to me in the coffee shop. So now she's dead, I'm not going to do drugs anymore. And Paul's like, <laughs> fabulous. I thought it, this would have been quite
0: nice if he tried to sell Lou some drugs. <laughs> he got Lou on steroids or something halfway through the funeral. I think that would have been it quite It would have been really good. Tell.
2: Everyone sat at a funeral. Like, you could just go and sell ecstasy to everyone.
1: That's <laughs> true. Uh, so yeah, that's nice. Then Harold does a little speech. He says, you know, he talks about, how he knew, imagine, he admired her from afar all those years ago and that he felt very lucky and very honoured to be part of her life. And then it's back at the Bishop's house. Not only, not only has Susan made a casserole, there's some finger sandwiches going on as well. And little bits, I think there's some volivants there. There's some sausage rolls. There's all Making shit up now, just
0: making shit up. <laughs> <laughs> there's a deep a su- saffron put- risotto.
1: Yeah, su- Susan has put a good spread on, indeed. Lou and put the plate- spread on. Oh, no, Lou did put the spread on, yeah, because Lolly says that. Because Susan Susan has to fucking drag the line out of Lolly completely. She literally goes up and goes, did your dad make some good food? And she goes, thank you. And and you can tell Susan's like, that's not the fucking line, but whatever. (laughs) Let's just fucking (laughs) Get rid of this fucking bitch. Let's get rid of this fucking kid. (laughs) Uh, the great growlers are there. Remember the great growlers? are a uh, netball team. They're all there. They're looking through the photo book that Harold was looking at when she died.
0: You uh, know what I was... Th- they were there, and I thought that was a nice little touch. You know what I, th- nice I thought wasn't a good touch? The fact that none of Madge's family or children show up to a <laughs> fucking funeral. Where the fuck was Kylie? She shows up when it's the fucking final episode of filming. She didn't show up for her own fucking fun. <laughs> Craig McLaughlin, he was nowhere in sight, no Jason, none of the other people she spent probably the last 10 years, 10, 15 years of this show with showed up for the fucking funeral. There was only about eight people there. And We had fucking Paul and Tad, Harold, Carl and Susan, we had um, Dick, Tony, Tony and and Tess, and that was it at the fucking funeral. And the Grey Growlers.
1: That's it. Yeah. It was a nice little touch, but yeah, it was clearly just the people who were filming that day uh, that could show up to it. Uh, So yeah, they're all telling nice stories. Uh, Harold tells a nice story about one time she invited a load of dinner guests around and didn't have enough chairs. Great story.
0: You know what it should have done? It should have told that story about the pies again, what she told that time at that speech (laughs) when she was at Little Tommy Tuckers, and everyone was fucking doubled over laughing about that pie making. I imagine it probably would have been nearly as good as one of your conferences, That little speech that she put on that time. Yeah, possibly.
1: Meat pies are a fucking big thing in Australia. (laughs) I told Peyton that story. She went, Well, yeah, meat pies are a big fucking thing. Uh, Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I can make a good meat pie. I can't. I'm joking. I've never tried to make a meat pie. (laughs) Uh, But I will. You probably could. Yeah, no, I made chicken pie, but I've never made a proper meat pie. But maybe I'll try that next week. That'd be nice. Make a
2: a saffron meat pie. Make a saffron saffron risotto meat pie. (laughs) That'd be a good, that'd be good.
1: Uh, so yeah, and the boys, uh, Tad and Paul, decide to tell Harold the good news. The good news being that they've managed to change the name on the plane ticket. So instead of manch Bishop, it says Weird Kid Paul. Uh, he's going to Paris with <laughs> But Harold's unsure, he's like, oh. And Tad's like, listen, what is it? Are you fucking going or not? And that's how the episode ends. He does go. He does end up going. Uh, they go away for a couple of weeks. He comes back. Uh, Harold decides that he doesn't want to live on Ramsey Street anymore because of the painful memories. Uh, but the street managed to convince him to stay. And so he does. And he gets on with his life. So there we go. That's that story By line.
2: himself. Yeah,
1: that's that storyline. Uh, all sewn up quite nicely. This is the season sewn up quite nicely as well for us all. Uh like you said, we've unpeeled, unpeeled the layer a little bit of this, this onion that is me. Uh, <laughs> this podcast is diagnosing what's wrong with me. And we've made a little bit of headway this season, I feel. Uh, it nearly broke us, especially you, Adam. You were so close. <laughs> like, I think the listeners should know that at one point, there was literally you text one saying, if this episode is not good, I'm quitting. It's <laughs> it was that close to ending. It was really send, that
0: fucking close. Well, what you don't know is I send Tim <laughs> that exact same message every fucking week. Now.
1: If you'd like early access to the extended versions of this podcast, don't forget you subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash neighbourhood rewatch for just one pound a month. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Watch Neighbour. And you can also leave us a like and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts.